0: This is the Wine of Life Podcast. I'm Pastor Wes. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about a uh, time of tension. Uh, we're going to go over um, Ash Wednesday. That's written by T.S. Eliot. It was based on uh, Lent. Uh, now, not everybody, obviously, um, observes Lent, but Lent is a 40-day fasting period uh, that's going to start Wednesday, March 2nd of this year, uh, uh, leading up to Easter. But it's over a forty-six day period because the Sundays don't count, so there are six Sundays in between, and Ash Wednesday, um, has six parts to it. So that's what I, I think that that's what he was writing, it based on is those six days that leads up to, um, the resurrection, and uh, I think it's something to think about, uh, whether you fast or not, or whether you, um, observe Lent. I think uh, we need to. Uh, start thinking about what Christ went through. Uh, we need to start thinking about what Christ means to us, what the resur- what the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ means for us for Christians. and in these very difficult times, I think a time of prayer and fasting uh, is something that should be observed. Um, but Lent uh, started officially around the Council of Nicaea, the first one in 325 it probably predates that um but we don't we don't really know but uh, it has to do with the um, those those 40 days in the wilderness that Christ fasted and so there's this period of time where people fast for those 40 days six Sundays in between and then the seventh Sunday is the celebration of the resurrection and so we're going to get into what TS Eliot wrote here um, because he himself, uh, uh, he wrote this in 1930, and he himself uh, converted. I believe three years prior to um, writing this, he joined the Anglican Church at the time. But he says, "I because I do not hope to turn again, because I do not hope, because I do not hope to turn, desiring this man's gift and the man's scope. I no longer strive to strive towards such things. Why should the aged eagle stretch its wings? Why should I mourn the vanished power?" of the usual rain, because I do not hope to know again the infirm glory of the positive hour, because I do not think, because I know, I shall not know the one veritable transitory power, because I cannot drink there where trees flower and springs flow, for there is nothing again, because I know that time is always time, and place is always and only place, and what is actual is all o- is actual only for one time. And only for one place I rejoice that things are as they are and I renounce the blessed face I renounce the voice because I do not hope to turn again Consequently I rejoice having to construct something upon which to rejoice And pray to God to have mercy upon us And I pray that I may forget these matters that with myself I too much discuss, too much explain Because I do not hope to turn again Let these words answer For what is done not to be done again May the judgment not be too heavy upon us Because these wings are no longer wings to fly But merely vans to beat the air The air which I now thoroughly smell uh, Small and dry Smaller and drier than the will Teach us to care and not to care Teach us to sit still Pray for us sinners now And at the hour of our death Pray for us now And at the hour of our death And so part one has to do with this um, hopelessness that he has. His wings uh, cannot fly anymore. He cannot ascend. He cannot climb. And so it's a realization of who he is as a sinner. And uh, he's struggling with this. There's a hopelessness there that there's no point in doing anything that he's doing. And it's, it's twofold here because he's talking about himself, one, as an individual, but then he also says things like us. So he's talking about the community or or perhaps the nation there. But then we get to part two. Um, Lady, three white leopards sat under a juniper tree in the cool of the day, having fed the Satyati on my legs, my heart, my liver, and that which had been contained in the hollow round of my skull. And God said, shall these bones live? Shall these bones live? And that which had been contained in the bones which were already dry said, chirping, Because of the goodness of this lady, and because of her loveliness, and because she honors the virgin in meditation, we shine with brightness. And I, who am here dissembled, proffer my deeds to oblivion and my love, to the posterity of the desert and the fruit of the gourd. It is this which recovers, my guts, the strings of my eyes, and the indigestible portions which the leopard rejected. The lady is withdrawn in a white gown to contemplation in a white gown. Let the whiteness of my bones stone to forgetfulness or atone to forgetfulness sorry hard to see there is no life in them as I am forgotten and would be forgotten so I would forget thus devoted concentrated in purpose and God said prophesy to the wind to the wind only for only the wind will listen and the bones sang, chirping with the burden of the grasshopper saying lady of silence is calm and distressed torn and most whole rose of memory rose of forgetfulness exhausted and life-giving worried reposeful The single rose is now the garden where all loves end. Terminate, uh, torment of love unsatisfied, the greater torment of love satisfied, end of the endless, journey to no end, conclusion of all that is inconclusible. Speech without word and word of no speech, grace to the mother for the garden where all love ends. Under a juniper tree, the bones sang, scattered and shining, we are glad to be scattered, we did little good to each other. Under a tree in the cool of day, with the blessing of sand, forgetting themselves in each other, united in the quiet of the desert. this is the land which ye shall divide by lot and neither division nor unity matters. This is the land we have our inheritance. And so we see that he had hopelessness in part one. Now in part two, leopards have come and they have eaten him and all that's left are the uh, are the indigestible parts and the shining bones and the bones have been cleansed and there's a allusion to the book of Ezekiel there. Well, you know, shall these bones live? Uh, Ezekiel 37. And so he's saying that he shall live, that he's been cleansed, and that this lady in white is there to transform him. And she is beautiful and she is a guide to him. And and she's someone. Now, some people say that the lady in white is supposed to be uh, Mother Mary. Um, I reject that because it says the lady in white honors the virgin. The virgin is obviously a reference to Mary. So the the lady in white is the church, and the church is transforming him in his repentance. He now is, is out in the wilderness ready to receive the inheritance. So now we go to part three. At the first turning of the second stair, I turned and saw below the same shape twisted on the banister, under the vapid and the fetid air, struggling with the devil of the stairs, who wears the deceitful face of hope and of despair. At the second turning of the second stair, I left them twisting, turning below. There were no more faces, and the stair was dark, damp, jagged, like an old man's mouth, driveling beyond repair, or the toothed gullet of an aged shark. At the first turning of the third stair was a slotted window, bellied like the fig's fruit, and beyond the hawthorn blossom in a pasture seam, the broad-backed figure, dressed in blue and green, enchanted the Maytime with an antique flute. Brown hair is sweet, brown hair over the mouth blown. Lilac and brown hair, distraction, music of the flute, stops and steps of the mind over the third stair. Fading, fading. Strength beyond hope and despair, climbing the third stair. Lord, I am not worthy. Lord, I am not worthy. But speak the word only. Now in this, he is now ascending. But he's not using his wings. He is climbing stairs. And so as he ascends, he looks behind him and he sees uh, a shadow figure or a a vapor uh, struggling with the devil. And the devil is viewed as as one is hope and the other is despair. And so the the worldly hope that we have and all of the things that we desire and all of the things that we want, but we can't quite achieve. And then he gets to the second part of the first stair and he sees uh, despair itself, which is part... Of the struggle. Now he gets onto the third stair and he sees a figure playing a flute, and this is a reference to Pan, the Greek, uh, the Greek uh, figure that is both uh, goat and man, that uh, is a picture of sensuality, and so he's struggling with the sensuality of his life, with the the desires of the flesh, and he's trying to leave all that behind. And he says, I'm not worthy. Speak only the word to me. So we move on to part four. Uh, who walked between the violet and the violet, who walked between the various ranks of very green, going in white and blue in Mary's color. Again, a uh, allusion to the virgin. Talking of trivial things in ignorance and in knowledge of eternal dolor, who moved among the others as they walked, who then made strong the fountains and made fresh the springs, made cool the dry rock and made firm the sand, in blue of Larkspur, blue of Mary's color, Sylvenia Voss, which is Be Mindful. Here are the years that walk between, bearing away the fiddles and the flutes, restoring one who moves in time between sleep and waking, wearing. White, light, folded, sheathed about her folded, the New Year's walk, restoring through a bright cloud of tears, the years restoring with a new verse the ancient rhyme, redeem the time, redeem the unread vision and a higher dream. While jeweled unicorns draw by the gilded hearse, the silent sister veiled in white and blue between the yews. Behind the garden god, whose flute is breathless, bent her head and signed, but spoke no word. But the fountain sprang up, and the birds sang down. Redeem the time, redeem the dream, the token of the word unheard, unspoken. To the wind shake a thousand whispers from the yew, and after this our exile. And so he's now contemplating death, and he's talking about, the transformative uh, power that the woman has, the ability to put away and redeem the time, to put away sensuality. So again, a, a allusion to the pan sensuality, the years walking between bearing away the fiddles and the flutes. So sensuality being put away and the uh, being clothed uh, in white light. And so the lady, is having a huge impact on his life. And so the U is this uh, tree that is planted in, uh, in what are they called, cemeteries. And so there's a redemption of time between birth and death. The exile, of course, being death, which is the end. So now on to part five. If the lost word is lost, if the spent word is spent, if the unheard, unspoken word is unspoken, unheard still, is the unspoken word, the word unheard, the word without a word, the word within, the world and for the world. And the light shone in darkness and against the word, the unstilled world, still world, about the center of the silent word. O oh my people, what have I done to thee? And that comes from Micah 6, three. Uh, Where shall the word be found? Where will the word resound? Not here. There is not enough silence, not on the sea or on the islands, not on the mainland, in the desert or the rain land. For those who walk in darkness both in daytime and in the nighttime, the right time and the right place are not here. No place of grace for those who avoid the face. No time to rejoice for those who walk among noise and deny the voice. Will the veiled sister pray for those who walk in darkness, who chose thee and oppose thee? Those who are torn on the horn between season and season, time and time, between hour and hour, word and word, power and power, those who wait in darkness? Will the veiled sister pray for children at the gate who will not go away and cannot pray? Pray for those who chose and oppose. O my people, what have I done unto thee? Will the veiled sister, between the slender yew trees, pray for those who offend her and are terrified and cannot surrender and affirm before the world and deny between the rocks, in the last desert between the last blue rocks, the desert in the garden, the the garden in the desert, of truth, spitting from the mouth the withered apple seed. my people and so now he's struggling from an evangelical and an an evangelistic perspective he's talking about the world the fact that the woman has uh, given the word out to the world and yet there are some who chose and some who oppose and he's saying will we continue to pray for these Um, what about those who don't hear the word which is often a a big um, question what happens to those who never hear the gospel of Jesus And so he's struggling with this. So it's not just that he wants himself to be transformed as he was transformed, what he went through with the leopards and then the fighting, going up the stairs and then needing the lady to guide him and to transform him. He also wants that to happen to the world and specifically would be his people or his nation that he's living in. He wants his community, his society, his nation to be changed and the world from there to be changed as well. And so we see a lot of, of, of basic Christian questions that we would think about a lot. Um, but now we move on to, to part six. Uh, this is the last part, or the sixth Sunday, as I would say. It says, Although I do not hope to turn again, although I do not hope, although I do not hope to turn, wavering between the profit and the loss, in this brief transit where the dreams cross, the dream cross twilight between birth and dying. Bless me, Father, though I do not wish to wish these things. From the wide windows towards the granite shore, the white sails still fly seaward, seaward flying unbroken wings, and the lost heart stiffens and rejoices in the lost lilac and the lost sea voices, and the weak spirit quickens to rebel for the bent golden rod and the lost sea smell, quickens to recover the cry of quail and the whirling plover, and the blind eye creates the empty forms between the ivory gates, and smell renews the salt savor of the sandy earth, This is the time of tension between dying and birth, the place of solitude where three dreams cross between blue rocks, but when the voice is shaken from the yew tree, drift away, let the other yew be shaken and reply, Blessed sister, holy mother, spirit of the mountain, spirit of the garden, suffer us not to mock ourselves with falsehood, teach us to care and not to care, teach us to sit still, even among these rocks, our peace is his will. And even among these rocks, sister, mother, and spirit of the river, spirit of the sea, suffer me not to be separated and let my cry come unto thee and so here he is completely transformed his wings are now unbroken and the savor of the smell of the earth the salt the salt sea the sand it all comes back to him he now has purpose he now has a belief because he's been renewed his hope is restored Except it's a different type of hope. He's left the hope of the world. He's left the pleasures of the world He's left despair, and yet he still is struggling with sin and so he still asks for prayer He still asks that he be not separated that that what he's living through now is this time of tension being uh, With God and yet being separated from God Christ is in heaven and yet Christ is in me the Holy Spirit is working in me and yet I'm not you know, I'm being transformed, but I am not fully transformed and glorified yet So I'm being sanctified, but I'm not glorified. And so that tension between Dying uh, between birth and death is For the Christian something very difficult because as we see in the world very horrible things happen We sometimes people say where is God? Uh, or they'll be angry uh, and we ask those questions, too and um, But it's this process of being uh, transformed and being purged out that we're all going through all at the same time. And uh, in this, I think it's important that you also, if you want to get more into what he's writing about, you can read Dante's Purgatory, um, Beatrice being his guide, very similar to the way that uh, the Lady in White is um, the guide for T.S. Eliot here. But the idea that the church is supposed to be transforming the world and guiding individuals which then guide nations and peoples. Um, But I would say in this time of tension we're living in now that we pray to God, that we seek his face, that we cry out to him. Let our cries be heard. And that we really contemplate what the resurrection is supposed to be. That the resurrection is supposed to give us perspective. It's supposed to give us purpose. uh, It's supposed to abolish death. Uh, Bring us life and bring us immortality. This is what Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 1. So pray on these things. Uh, Pray for people all over the world struggling with these things. Um, Contemplate over this next uh, time. It's It's nearly March 2nd. Contemplate over this period of time the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that's supposed to mean for us individually and what it's supposed to mean for the world. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.